0: Uncharted Podcast. www.uncharted.net. Explore, live, feel. Episode One The Adventure Begins. And hello, I'm your host, Geo Joe, coming to you from Chelsea, Michigan. Welcome to the first ever Uncharted Podcast. To kick things off, we're going to hear from an expert photographer and Uncharted's leader, Alan Murray, as we talk about photography, getting out of your comfort zone, and the Giant Hines National Wildlife Refuge. We'll hear some sounds from the San Pedro Conservation Area and then wrap it up hearing from one of our explorers and talking about some soon-to-come events. So sit back, relax, and join in the adventure with the Uncharted podcast. And yes uh, hello again everybody and to get started i first want to just say hello to all the explorers out there friends and family and everybody along who has supported uncharted throughout the years as we've gotten to this point where we can now start doing this podcast so uh, thank you for all of that support and uh, looking forward to meeting so many more wonderful amazing people as we start this podcast effort now so A lot of you listening already may know what Uncharted is all about. You might also be explorers out there that have already connected with us, and some of you might be hearing about Uncharted for the first time. And, of course, since this is the first ever Uncharted podcast, it's a good time to introduce what this is all about, both the podcast and Uncharted as a whole. So to sum it up in three words, this podcast and Uncharted is all about Exploring the Uncharted, those three words, explore the uncharted. That's everything that we're about. So that can mean the unbeaten path. It can mean making new discoveries. Uh, Maybe it means trying out new sports or hobbies that are new to you or experiencing a culture that's new to you. That's what uncharted is, is making those discoveries, exploring what's uncharted to us It's also about connecting with people. We want to make, part of the reason we're doing this podcast is we want to make uh, Uncharted as interactive as possible so that like-minded people can connect with each other, people that want to go out and explore the world, go down those unbeaten paths, make those new discoveries. We can get people in in communication with each other and talking with each other and going out and experiencing things together uh, as friends, as acquaintances, what have you. So to be very interactive is something we're trying to do. And this podcast is part of how we want to try to try to accomplish some of that. And one of the words that we've tossed around, uh, for those of us who have been involved in trying to get Uncharted starting, uh, get, get that idea of Uncharted rolling, we tossed around the word marvel for a while. And the reason we like that word when it comes to describing what we're trying to do is if you look at the... Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the definition for Marvel is uh, causes wonder or astonishment, surprise or interest. So that really gets at the heart of what this podcast is going to be about and what Uncharted as a whole, what we're trying to do uh, as this group of people are going out and exploring the world are trying to do. And uh, this company that we're forming and and the website and everything that we're doing uh, on Uncharted.net, uh, and with with this podcast. So it's discovering something new, trying new things, uh, being tired of sameness, being tired of beaten paths. So uh, that's what we're all about. And I don't know about you, but when I've done travel planning or I've gone on trips before, I've reached points where I just felt like, wow, I just seem to be doing the same thing that like thousands of other people have done. I'm looking at that same Thing from the same angle that thousands of other people have, have seen it. And it just kind of bothered me. So if that's where you're coming from too, then chances are you'll probably like this podcast and probably like what we're trying to do with Uncharted. So again, we want to make it interactive. We want people to be able to call into the show, talk about things. If you have ideas, if you have things that you want to share, Hobbies that you love that you think people just don't even know about or you have places that you've discovered that you just wish you could tell the world well this is a place to do it is at this uncharted podcast because we are interested in whatever discoveries you make whether it's things to do places to see people to meet what have you that is what uncharted is all about too. is is uh, making those connections and hearing from you so that's the whole reason why we're doing this this podcast. Uh, a little bit of background, too, for those who aren't familiar. Uh, we use this term Explorers quite a bit. And what what that means when I say Explorers is uh, we've worked on the website at Uncharted.net over the past few years with different iterations of like-minded people that, you know, like this idea of Uncharted. So we've just been calling ourselves and all the people connecting with us Explorers. And you can go on the Uncharted website and set up an explorer profile where you can connect with other explorers, send messages back and forth and meet people. And you can also share your own photos and stories of the discoveries that you've made. And so that's what we mean by explorers is basically anybody that thinks like us. Hey, whether you're on the website or not, uh, we welcome you to be involved. However, you, you are comfortable with doing that, whether it's on listening to the podcast. Uh, more passively, or being more active and actually starting up a profile and getting online and sharing what you what you discover, and or calling into the show and and sharing your ideas and things like that. So, anyways, that is the Uncharted podcast in a nutshell, and I really hope that uh, we can get a lot of great, amazing people involved. So on that note, I want to introduce you to somebody that has been a tremendous inspiration to me and many others across the world. And in fact, he's the whole reason why Uncharted became a reality and is here today. Our first guest of the Uncharted podcast is Uncharted's founder and president, Alan Murray. Uh, for those that don't know him, Alan is an award-winning photographer, journalist, and editor. Uh, He leads Uncharted's editorial operations and our development projects and is our lead developer. Uh, He's lived and traveled extensively through South and Central America. He's fluent in Spanish and Portuguese, holds degrees in journalism, Spanish, and has a master's certificate in applied project management. He's also a licensed PMP and is currently pursuing a master of professional studies in technology entrepreneurship at the University of Maryland. Um uh, I'll also note that he's a very good friend of mine. I've known him for many years. He enjoys hiking, snowshoeing, scuba diving, and camping. And uh, he wants to use Uncharted to help do some humanitarian projects in the future as well. And he currently resides and is going to be talking to us from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, I think I should also add that Alan is also the guy that got me wrapped up into this whole Uncharted project in the first place, and uh, of course, if anything goes wrong with this podcast, it's all his fault. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but seriously, I wanted to bring Alan on to this first episode because he uh, he recently shared a link with me about this project that he did. It was a, an online slideshow that he made for his master's program. That talked about how photography has helped him get out of his comfort zone and helped him discover a whole new world. Uh, when I was looking at it, it just kind of struck me as something that is just, just exactly the right kind of tone that we want to set for the Uncharted podcast going forward. Uh, because it talks about finding new ways to make discoveries and getting out of the grind of our comfort zones and sometimes those kinds of things that Uncharted is all about, as we just talked about. So I wanted to bring Alan on the show and talk with us about that. So, Alan, first, I know you've been tremendously busy with your master's program and many business tasks and uh, other responsibilities. So I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show, and welcome to the Uncharted podcast.
1: Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: Good to have you, and to start off, this uh, this presentation that you uh, made about photography and just how much it means to you, it was really interesting to me. The first thing you talked about in your presentation was that first camera of yours, that, and you had a photo of that camera, and uh, you talked about how that camera and how photography has really changed your life. So can you start... Out by talking about how photography has really had an impact on you.
1: Yes, um, when that, that camera, that very first camera that I got, was a uh, uh, for the photo enthusiasts out there that would might know what it is. It's a Canon AT1, and it was just a a used camera that was given to me by my grandfather one Christmas, and um, had a little book with it basic 35 millimeter photography and i pretty much read that book and taught myself how to use the camera and um you know looking back it that gift has really changed my life because i i went from being a a very shy teenager to um, being forced to get out of my comfort zone to talk with people to take photos of them And it's opened all kinds of doors up to me that I never would have had, had I never picked up that camera in the first place. It's opened up a lot of opportunities to uh, meet new people or to go to events that I never would have been able to go to under ordinary circumstances. And so working uh, over the years, uh, I started out working in newspapers, of course, and and uh, you know every day was different. Each each assignment, I met somebody new, um, was able to go the things that I had never really thought I would ever see before. Um, you know, I I mean I've I've stayed the night at a catholic monastery for a photo project i did in my early days as a photojournalist, and and um and i've been able to uh, cover all kinds of different events
0: wow yeah that's a that's amazing i was looking at your camera too it looks like it's had a lot of use over the years <laughs>
1: Yeah, actually, um, almost from day one, that camera has taken a beating. Um, When I was in my senior year of high school, um, there was a high school playoff game in Easton, Pennsylvania. And I went to cover it, um, and it was just in November. It was cold. It was pouring rain. And, uh, you know, I, I... being stupid and a teenager, I didn't have anything to protect the camera in um, and didn't even bring a, a raincoat with me. And so I was just soaked and the camera was soaked. And um, But I, I was able to take some pictures and they turned out pretty good. And I brought the camera home and uh, took the film out and opened it up and dried it out over a radiator. And it still <laughs> works.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. So it can take a beating for sure.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, unlike the, the cameras that I use now. Yeah,
0: exactly. have a yeah. lot
1: of electronics in them.
0: But, they would just um, fry. Definitely. Well, also uh, on your presentation, I saw that you, uh, you went to Lake Erie, and uh, you had a neat experience up there. And you talked about in your presentation how just being somebody that is taking photos sort of changed the way that you were able to experience uh, that that camping outing that particular night. Uh, how, how is that so? How does how does just going around taking photos sort of make it a different experience for you?
1: Well, first of all, a lot of the things that we focus on are Uncharted are kind of off the beaten path locations and activities and and this little campsite um, along Lake Erie um, just outside of Presque Isle um, is in my mind one of those places at least at the time of year that I went there and when you get to a place like that um, and you set up camp you know it's almost like a little community just forms with the people that are there for the evening And, um, you know, there is some interaction, but definitely having a camera and taking pictures, um, I I think people get curious and so they're more apt to approach you and ask you about what you're doing and it leads to all kinds of great conversations. And, And it's also a good excuse to walk up to someone and, um, ask them about who they are and, even for permission to take photos of them, and it, and so it leads to different relationships and different interactions that I, I don't think I would have if I weren't taking photos.
0: Yeah, and and just for the listeners uh, who might not be familiar, this is this is uh, along Lake Erie, in the that little piece of Pennsylvania that borders Lake Erie, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Neat, neat place there too. I hope to hope to get there myself. Um,
1: yeah, there's a there's a peninsula called Presque Isle uh-huh. in Lake Erie, and um, it's just a it's one of the state parks, and it's just a great a great location for all kinds of activities. And and then there's some private campsites that are fairly close to that park, um, just outside the park that you can actually camp out on the beach
0: cool yeah i got to get there one of these one of these times so maybe when i come out to visit you sometime yeah (laughs)
1: certainly
0: it's definitely on the way right so well it's
1: it's actually a six hours six hour drive from here too
0: (laughs) (laughs) we could meet we can meet halfway and call it good right yeah well, cool. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that little community that you talk about that forms in, in these kind of places, it's something I want to get to uh, a little bit later as we go on. Uh, but, but first, uh, there was also that story that you told about the turtles. And, and by the way, for, for those of you who are listening, what I'm going to do, I'm going to try to get these uh, photos to show up. Uh, if you're listening like on a tablet or a iPhone, uh, there's a way that I can get photos to show up on your screen. Uh, so I'm going to do that, but at an absolute minimum, we'll have a link to uh, to a blog post that Alan's going to make here uh, with that presentation. So um, you'll, uh, one way or another, we'll we'll be make sure that you can see these these uh, photos he took, which are just just amazing, just really great examples of uh, uh, just how how much there is to see through a lens of a camera. It's Just really fascinating, just to see. Uh, what you can, what kind of detail and what kind of moments you can capture. Uh, and we're, we'll talk a little bit more about things that you could just end up walking by if you aren't thinking about it. So, but yeah, the, one of those images, Alan, that you took was of this turtle that was really up close. And to me, I just thought that was a really great example of how there's these neat stories that are behind photos that it, it, there's. It, like almost every photo has some kind of story behind it as far as how it was captured and how you got to the point where you took that photo. So if you could tell us a little bit about how, uh, that, that played out, I thought that was really interesting.
1: Well, um, this trip to Presque Isle was the first stop on a, a road trip pretty much across the United States, at least all the way out to, um, Salt Lake city and, and back. And, um, I initially decided that I wanted to stop at Presque Isle because I had heard about these turtles that congregate, um, in the area. And I thought that would be interesting. Plus there's plenty of other things at Presque Isle that are great, but I was really interested in finding these turtles because I had never, um, noticed them before. And so, um, I, I drove around the, the park for quite a while looking for them and actually um, had to talk with a couple people to try to find them. And so once I found them, you know, they they were just a bit further away than I would have liked um, based on the equipment that I had at the time with me. And uh, so it was a little hard to capture the detail uh, in there shell and, and on their skins so I tried a couple different things you know I was kind of half walking out into the water a little bit but couldn't quite couldn't quite get what I was wanting and then uh, this this guy uh, came by in his kayak and went right up to the turtles with his little camera and took took some pictures of them and you know at this point you know you're you're kind of jealous you you, you kind of want that kayak <laughs> and uh <laughs> um, i was just um you know and it's funny because i was gonna rent a kayak and when i got there i found out that the rental place was closed and so i couldn't get one um but we start we start talking um and the kayaker actually said well you, know, you can use my kayak and so we got out and and, uh, let me use this kayak for a little bit, and I was able to get a little bit closer. You know, not, not close enough to disturb them or anything, just, just close enough that with a longer lens, I could get some detail. And, uh, so it turned out to be a good, a good thing. And I didn't have to go back on another day, um, with my own kayak. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. Just this total stranger just lending you his kayak, and off you go, and <laughs> taking a picture of these turtles.
1: Right, and that's yeah. that's just another example of, you know, had I just been standing there without a camera looking at the turtles, he might never have even thought of talking with me, but he was curious about what I was doing, and so, I, you know, we were able to have a good conversation, and, um, you know, and he had all kinds of uh, ideas about Um, things to explore in the area
0: yeah yeah it's you know that seemed to be a theme of what you're talking about is this you know sort of getting out talking to people uh getting out of your comfort zone just uh just getting yourself in situations where you know you're 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 just you're just out interacting with people or with your surroundings and and just how important that is to, it just how much of a difference it makes in the kind of experience you have as you're going about your day to day life, really, and you know, let alone traveling or, you know, trying to get an awesome picture like you like you got with that turtle photo. So yeah, that's that's a great example, I think, really, really cool. And uh, hey, you can get a free ride in the kayak too. Right. <laughs> so. Well, cool. And now, uh, there was this, uh, photo of an egret that you took, uh, talking about getting out of a comfort zone. Uh, you were describing how you took this, this photo of this egret, but you were also describing how the, the bird just kept, you know, walking towards you with its long and pointy beak staring at you down. <laughs> so I just had this image of, of you kind of walking back and getting worried and it walking towards you. But but eventually it turned out you got this great image, this great close-up of that, that egret with a fish in its mouth. So uh, it's just a great image. But um, anything you have to say about that one and, and how you picked that up?
1: Well, that one was taken a bit closer to home. It's about maybe an hour and a half south of Philadelphia in a little town called Yardley. It's a Delaware Canal state park and um they had a, a day where they just taught you how to kayak and it was a free kayak and uh all the gear and and so i i went um never having used a kayak other than that time and well actually this was before i went to uh lake erie and so i had never used a kayak at this point and uh and we went on a kayak trip Uh, down this canal and saw all kinds of great things. But um, as we were leaving, the best thing that I saw the whole trip was just walking along the shore. And so I grabbed grabbed my camera and I I got maybe, you know, as close as I could get without scaring it and just was ready, you know, taking pictures of it. But it was still a little far away um, from my taste. Um, but to my surprise, it just kept walking, uh, toward me. Um, you know, really focused on something, you know, it was, it was hunting for, for fish. And, um, I just, it just kept coming closer and closer. And so I just held my ground, but before too long, it was just too close to fit in the frame. And so I kept having to walk backwards. And then finally it just, stopped and in an instant it just swooped its head down into the water and pulled out this fish and I was just lucky that I wasn't too close that I could fit that in the frame and uh, it just gobbled it up and a couple moments later it ruffled its feathers and it kept walking toward me and then finally this little dog came by and you know with the squeaky bark and and it finally, that was what scared it away. It wasn't me. <laughs> or, <laughs> I don't know what it was doing.
0: Dang the, dog. The dog. <laughs>
1: and the dog wasn't even near it. It was like 30 or four. It was further away than I was. <laughs> so it was kind of funny.
0: Maybe I had problems with that dog before. <laughs> yeah.
1: But that's that's not typical.
0: Usually, usually
1: I have to wait a long time and hide and all kinds of things to be able to get a photo that close. And um, Hmm. so it was just, uh, I guess I was just lucky and I had my camera where I needed it and was in the right spot at the right time.
0: Nice. You know, the other thing you mentioned uh, that that really struck me is you you mentioned how uh, it's not always comfortable, but you may get powerful results. Uh, What do you mean by that?
1: Well, um, when I was starting out, um, I remember I was at a high school football game when I was um, in high school still. And uh, one of the photographers at the Daily Paper um, was watching me, and he, he came up and he said, you know, you're, you're too afraid. You need to get closer. And he, he told me you know, just to walk right up. Don't be afraid to, there were marching band uh, playing at pregame and, you know, he said, just walk right up to them, get get four or five, six feet away from them and just fill that frame with their, with their face and it'll change the type of photos you get. And so, you know, I started doing that and I realized that they weren't paying attention to me. They were playing the music and... Uh, nobody else seemed to care and so i just learned that you know it's better to get close as long as you're not disrupting the the moment and distracting that there are opportunities where you can get really close to a subject without disrupting the continuity of the moment Hmm. Um, other times that's not the case and you have to know when to um, hold back and when you can move in without um, manipulating the situation or disrupting it. And so I've always um, tried to get closer than I'm comfortable with. And it, every time I do it, it feels a little weird. But um, when I do it and when it's done right and when I can do it without um, interrupting the event that's taking place, if I can do it in a respectful way, um, it it pays off, makes for a better image.
0: Yeah. Well, great. I was just going to ask you if you had any tips about uh, getting close to subjects and taking those kind of photos. That sounds like a great tip in and of itself. So.
1: Neat. Well, and I, I also think that you just have to know when it's appropriate and when it isn't. Uh, sometimes it's not The right thing to do um, depending on what you're taking pictures of yeah Um, and sometimes it can be dangerous and so you need to
0: (laughs) yeah depending on the animal right
1: (laughs) yeah um and and with wildlife you don't want to do anything that would harm the habitat or harm the wildlife right or disrupt them and so you got to be careful there um and so there is a point where you can get too close to something Mm-hmm. or where it's just not appropriate. And at that point, you you get as close as you can without um, without ruining those kinds of things, without um, being disrespectful, without getting so close that you just ruin the whole moment, which is the whole reason that you're photographing in the first place.
0: Yeah. Great. Uh, and what, what was the location that the egret was at again?
1: It's a little place called Delaware Canal State Park. Delaware uh, Canal State Park, all right. It's in southeastern Pennsylvania. Yeah,
0: okay. Great. Well, hey, you talked about another really interesting place, too, that you went to. Uh, It's called John Hines National Wildlife Refuge. Yeah. And this just really fascinated me because... uh, well, I'll, I'll just go ahead and let you explain it, because uh, I think you can do a much better job, And but it, it just really struck me as a g- good example of something that you can just kind of pass by and not even know it, that's there that you can discover there.
1: Well, yeah, John, John Hines uh, National Wildlife Refuge is uh, maybe a 10-minute cab ride from the Philadelphia International Airport, and so you know, flying in and out of Philadelphia, having grown up in Pennsylvania, um, and just flying in and out to visit family or to come home from school. Um, you know, I'd always see this sign for it on the freeway, but I never, I never uh, knew what it was about and never really thought about going there. But um, I finally just decided that I was going to check it out. And, and I was just amazed that there could be this little, I don't know what to call it, maybe a, a, a micro-community of wildlife um, and, and so close to the airport and the city. And, and you would just never expect that something that beautiful with so many different species of wildlife would be uh, that close to civilization. But uh, there it is. and It's just a, a great place
0: yeah that is just so cool and to see those photos that you took of bald eagles that are there and i'm just thinking you know 10 minutes from the philadelphia airport and just gosh i don't know how many thousands and thousands of people have had really long layovers at philadelphia or or whatnot and just didn't even know that 10 minutes away they could be out there you know potentially seeing a bald eagle you know and just just how hard it is to see one of those uh, just out out there, I mean, and of course, you know, not everybody's going to see one if they go there. But just just such an amazing place that some of those photos you took, and uh, being so close there to uh, the airport, and just just fascinating to see how how uh, there's there's so much to discover, even if it's just right in our backyard or you know something we don't even really know about. So yeah,
1: and. And there's a lot of things, even once you get to John Hines, that you might miss over if you're too in a hurry. I mean, we were, we were walking along one of the trail loops, and there were a pair of hikers maybe uh, not terribly far in front of us, and, and they were just walking ahead. Uh, going to their destination. And then uh, a deer came out along the path and just paused and, you know, was able to snap a photo of it. But the hikers in front of the deer had no idea what was going on. And I kind of wondered how many times that had happened to me while I was walking along that same trail. You know, I just got lucky and the deer came out in front of me instead of to my back.
0: Yeah, and for those listening, you should really check out. Again, I'll, I'll post these photos uh, some way somehow with the uh, show notes, but you should je- definitely check out that image. It's it really. When I looked at that image, it just made me think the same thing. Like he said, Alan, like wow, you know, how many times has that happened to me? Just because I was so focused and on getting from point A to point B, and there was this amazing thing that I missed, just because I was so focused on on that. Uh, you know, the, the destination instead of the journey, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And, and, photography has taught me
0: to know when to slow down
1: so that I don't miss those things. And I think, huh. I think that applies to other aspects of life, but it, it definitely applies to photography where if you're too in a hurry, you could, you could end up passing over a, A great picture and so I've learned when I'm walking to kind of occasionally stop or to I'm always looking around and I'm looking behind me because I don't want that to happen or at least I want to minimize the amount of times that I miss a good moment
0: yeah and you know one thing that uh, you shared with me before that comes to mind as you as you were talking there is just also looking at things from different angles and not not looking at things from the same angle that everybody else is going to look and just by doing that simple act of walking around and a lot and and you know looking under things or over th- you know just from a different angle you you really can see the world differently and get some amazing photos in the process uh, if you're the kind of person that's into photography like you are
1: yeah and and you also learn patience Uh, I mean you you don't always get what you set out to get to capture the first time and sometimes it takes multiple times of returning to a place or sometimes you have to wait a long time for the moment to coincide with the scene Uh, sometimes there will be a scene that just looks great but nothing's happening and and, you know, you have to decide, well, should I move on and look for something or should I stay and wait and see what happens? And, and so sometimes patience, uh, you know, waiting, waiting for the moment to happen, waiting for the right time to press that button and, and capture the photo. Um, that's really important as well.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That's good advice. Uh, now the other thing you, mentioned a couple times in your presentation and you've mentioned it during the show a couple times also is this this concept of micro communities and how, how how those are important and, and something that you've discovered can you talk about that for a little bit
1: well I, I think I think it's just amazing um, how there's so many things uh, little, micro communities so to speak that are around us that maybe we don't even notice and you know i i was talking earlier about the little community that formed with the people at the campsite at lake erie uh, but also there's there's little communities of wildlife that we don't notice like i was walking across one of the bridges at the at john heinz national wildlife refuge and and i just Happened to lean over and look down and I could see these small little fish swimming around in different formations. And so I spent maybe an hour, uh, photographing these fish, but it's just a little, little micro community that you might not see if you didn't stop and look down or look up or wherever. Um, and, um, and then there's, there's people. Um, that are walking around the same trails. And it, it's not a very populated place as far as visitors. You know, you'll, you'll see a few people there. But uh, it, there's just all kinds of opportunities to see different people and to interact with them and to, to see different wildlife and to, to witness people interacting with the wildlife and enjoying the same thing that you are.
0: Yeah, that's great. You know, I've looking back at some of these photos, it's really kind of made me think about, you know, whether or not I'm I'm noticing these little details like that that I'm just walking by all the time. It's it was it was really neat to to see your presentation. So um yeah, thank you for sharing that with with us. Uh and like I say, uh those listening, I'll definitely put that up on the uh show notes so you have a link to Alan's uh presentation there and his blog post. Uh and his images, which I just think are just just so inspiring, just just a great job uh, on that, Alan. And appreciate you sharing all that with us and all these pointers. Wish I could talk to you some more and get get some more, uh, you know, details and advice for this photography stuff. Uh, me being just kind of a amateur photographer, you know, and nowhere near as skilled as you are, it's I feel like I always learn something from you when I talk to you about it. So, uh, but I'm sure we'll have some opportunities in the future to talk to you again for sure. Sure. Well, all right. Great, Alan. Uh, Before I let you take off here, uh, I know you're heading up to New York City over at uh, Columbia University to do some presentations up there. You want to mention anything about that?
1: Yes, I'll be uh, teaching a session on leadership and teamwork um, for the Columbia Scholastic Press Association uh, Spring Convention. Uh, CSPA is an international student press association. It was founded in about 1925, and the whole idea is is that they can bring journalists and faculty advisors at schools and colleges to these educational conferences. Um, it's a place to exchange ideas and uh, get critiques, and um, and then hear presenters. And so um, everybody that presents is pretty much a volunteer, and we we go up and we help help out and. Teach different sessions, and and so I'm looking forward to that, and uh, that'll be coming up here in a couple weeks.
0: All right, sounds great. Sounds like a great thing to be involved in. I know some of those uh, high school students are pretty pretty big whiz kids, so that'll be it's probably pretty energizing to be up there and uh, and talking to those guys. I would imagine
1: they're very very talented uh, students, and they have great ideas and a lot of enthusiasm and it's very contagious to to be able to have opportunity to hear what's on their minds and to interact with
0: them all right well best luck of to you uh heading up there and travel safe and uh enjoy it for all of us um new york city is a great place so (laughs) i'm kind of jealous a little bit that you're able to head up there it's been a while for me i think last time i was there i was doing a presentation myself at the uh uh, what was it, the, the AAG uh, Association of American Geographers uh, for my thesis project. So it's, it was both a good memory and a traumatic memory all at the same <laughs> time. Those never want to do another thesis again. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so good experience, but glad it's in the past. Right. So yeah, great. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so, well, uh, We've got, uh, some links that I'll be posting, uh, for those of you listening. Uh, the, we talked about the John Hines part, uh, National Wildlife Refuge and some other places that, uh, Alan, that you brought up, uh, as you were talking and describing some, some of the cool places that you've discovered. So, uh, we'll go ahead and, uh, get those links together and make sure everybody listening, uh, knows how to find those uh, same places for themselves. So. Uh, I'll try to get that on the show notes as soon as I can uh, so that uh, you have that for you, anybody listening there. And then also, Alan, I just want to thank you again for your time to be on the show. And before I cut you loose, is there anything uh, else that you want to mention to our audience or the explorers or whatnot?
1: Yes, there there is one thing that's uh, really important right now. I've I've been spending uh, most of my time lately um, just actually getting out and either on the phone or in person talking with as many people as I can uh to learn from their perspective and to get feedback about what we're trying to build at uncharted so if anyone is out there that would be interested in talking with me on the phone or in person if it's uh if it's doable uh, I'm happy to do that um and we also of course have um can be reached by email or contacted at any time with any ideas that you have.
0: Is there a, a, a best way that uh, you prefer that people uh, go ahead and, and do the uh, feedback, Alan, in particular for what you're talking about?
1: Uh, they could contact me directly at my email address at alan at uncharted.net. That's A-L-A-N at uncharted.net. net.
0: Okay. Great. Well, thanks Alan again for being on the show and uh, I want to take this chance before you cut loose to also publicly thank you. Everything you've done to help this uh this uncharted idea come to fruition and also for your wife and I know that she's been doing a lot to support you and to support uh, Uncharted with some of her technical expertise and and uh, just being there for support. So uh, just thank you both for uh, for everything, and uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you. And thanks for being on the show. And I'm sure we'll be able to talk again in the future. Thank you. Okay, well, so moving on with the rest of the podcast show, we want to go over some tips uh, with every episode in the Uncharted podcast. And these are just going to be good tips from any of you out there who want to share them with us. And it could be anything, anything related to exploring the uncharted, whether it's things like travel advice or maybe it's a certain type of outdoors skill, whether that's something like land navigation or camping or mountaineering, skiing, what have you. Uh, it could be photography items, like some of the tips kind of along the lines of what Alan shared with us today. Whatever you think might be something that can help everyone else more easily explore the world, explore the uncharted. So that's what that section, that tips section, is going to be about. Uh Since we already heard so many tips from uh, Alan and, and so thankful for it today, I'm just going to forego going into more detail with the tips today, but... If you have any tips, please by all means send them in. You can just email them to podcast and uncharted.net, or you could leave a, a Skype a voicemail at uh, our account uh, on Skype, which is uncharted.podcast, and you could just leave a leave a voicemail there. And uh, if you if you want to, we can even play it on the show too, as well. We can uh, we can definitely do that with your message as well. So the next section that we're gonna do in these podcasts after tips is called gear up and this is where we talk about gear that's going to be helpful to anybody out there who's exploring the uncharted and again it's kind of like a tip so if you have a, a suggestion on gear specifically we'd like to hear about that too and so today i'm just going to quickly talk about a whistle and you might wonder well why are we going to talk about a whistle so Whistle uh, is one of those overlooked items when it comes to our outdoors gear. Anybody who's really looked at survival gear, what should be in your in your pack, what should be on on your person, when you're out you know in a, in a situation in the wilderness, away from civilization, you've probably heard that you should have a whistle. Well, a lot of people have asked me, since I do a lot of outdoor stuff and I teach land navigation and things, well, why? Why would you want to whistle? And, uh, you know, w- one of the main reasons why is because if you're in a survival situation, I just think about it. Do you, you know, you're, you're barely, you're injured or something bad has happened. You're freezing, whatever. Do you really think you're going to have much of a voice to, to get attention drawn to yourself? Probably not. So that whistle could really be the difference between life and death for you in a bad, a really bad situation. And hopefully nobody gets into that type of situation, but you never know. And there has been times where somebody using a whistle has literally saved their life because they were able to draw attention to themselves to get people to notice that they are out there, out wherever they were at and needed help. So that whistle is is crucial, and it's such a such a cheap, <laughs> easy to acquire item. But uh, in my experience, having uh, taught groups of people that do like ground search and rescue, or that do uh, you know outdoors activities, the times that I've taught people, I've I've actually looked at their gear, I've had them bring their gear, what they think that they should have, and you would not believe. How many people don't even think about the whistle or knew about it, but just didn't do what was necessary to get the whistle in their pack, didn't have one. And, you know, that's just that there's such a simple thing to do that could really make that difference between, between a, you know, a good end of the story and a tragic end of the story. Right. So these, uh, these whistles are out there. You can go out, out to gear short, gear stores and, Get them pretty easily. You can even go to a department store and, and get them. An outdoor store. They're they're all over the place. Uh, now, I've been asked about well, what kind of whistle do you think is the best type of whistle to get, and you know, really, it, it's almost any whistle you get is probably going to be better than your own voice. So just having one is a start, is a great thing. Now, there are some whistles that have varying decibel levels that will be louder than others. So really, I think it just comes down to going out and testing it for yourself. Just just give it a whirl, uh, so to speak, and just see how it works for you. And there's a couple other things you might want to think about. If you're in a cold weather climate, if you have a metal whistle, you know that could be a thing where you, you, if it's cold enough, your your tongue might stick to it kind of like in the, that Christmas story movie. You, uh, you don't want to be getting that happen. And also, some of those whistles have a little P, uh, shaped, uh, piece of cork inside the whistle. And when you're blowing air into the whistle, you're also blowing a little bit of moisture in there and potentially some if you have, happen to have a bunch of saliva in your mouth when you blow out. And theoretically, that could freeze and, Uh, I think I've only seen it happen once with somebody else that I was with outdoors, but, um, you know, there's that, that may be an issue if you're in extreme cold weather. So you might want to get one that doesn't have the, the pee thing. But if you're in a, in a pretty temperate climate, then I, you know, I wouldn't worry too much about that. And also with the freezing thing and with the metal, you can get little rubber guards for the, the whistle as well. And, there's, there's just a whole r- range of options out there and they're all pretty cheap. I mean, you've got whistles that you can get for a few cents all the way up to whistles that are like five or 10 bucks even. So, uh, really it just kind of comes down to what works for you. But the main thing is just have the whistle. Think about the whistle. Make sure that's in your gear and you never know. It might just make the difference. Okay. So moving on. The next section of the podcast will be the sounds of Uncharted and with every episode, I'm going to try to get some sounds collected. I go out and record some sounds when I'm out in nature, and uh, if you do that, also, I would love to get some of your inputs. Again, you can just send any files that uh, have sounds in them to podcast at uncharted.net if you want to share those with our audience. But I really believe that one of the greatest things that you can do to open your horizons is to just stop And listen, and you will be amazed. Just doing that simple thing, how much you can discover around you. It's just one of those. Listening is one of those senses that I don't know if we spend enough time with listening. Our lives as modern day people can just get crazy busy, and and believe me, I I know having been working jobs, going to grad school. I mean, all these things that you get involved in, you're you're bouncing around from place to place. So, wh- I mean, think about it. When is the last time that you just stopped and listened? And there's so much to explore just with your ears. We, we spend so much time thinking about, well, I want to go to this place and I want to see this or I want to do that and it's all this active very like intense you know adrenaline and that's all great i'm a big adrenaline junkie myself but sometimes some of the greatest adventures is just sitting and listening and so we're going to bring some of that out with this podcast as well every podcast episode going to take a quick break for like 30 seconds or a minute or you know just a little bit of time when we take our break during the podcast and just stop and listen and, you know, there's a great passage uh, that I ran, ran into. It's from this uh, poet, Lord uh, George Gordon Byron, that really struck a chord with me. He said in this passage, There's music in the sighing of a reed. There's music in the gushing of a rill. There's music in all things, if men had ears. Their earth is but an echo of the spheres. So every week we're going to take just a few quick seconds or a minute or so and uh, just sit and listen. So for this episode, we're going to hear uh, from a sound that I recorded at the San Pedro National Conservation Area. This is in southern Arizona, and it's the sound of the San Pedro River. All right, so there that was that stream over at the uh, San Pedro National Conservation Area, and that I was just able to go out one night uh, after after doing uh, doing a whole bunch of stuff one day. Just went out at nighttime, drove my car out there, got into the middle of that uh, that national uh, preserve, and pulled over to the side of the road, parked the car, went out for a hike. At nighttime, just looking up at the stars, and the sky was so amazing. For those that don't know, this this area is about I think it's something about an hour and a half, maybe two hours south and east of Tucson, Arizona. So it's pretty accessible, but it's just it's just be, you know between the mountains and the in the flat, and you go out there and there's a stream in the middle of the desert. And this big, giant sky with stars to kingdom come. It was just so incredible. And just to take it all in, both the stars and the sound of that stream and the nature, it was just a great experience. And that listening to that just brings back so many memories. And that's one of the cool things about recording sounds, too, and, and stopping to listen, is that these sounds, you just are able to... Bring back so many memories, so many rich memories just by recording sound. And of course you could do that with video too, but, but just having these sound files has been a great thing. So if you have some sounds yet you would like to share, please by all means just send them in. Uh, MP3 format is probably the best, but if you, if you want to send something in, you can send it right to the podcast at uncharted.net email address. And we would love to play some sounds that you have that you'd like to share with the rest of the explorers out there. All right. So the next section is next waypoints. This is where we talk about some events that are coming up. And again, if you have any cool things that you know about that are coming down the horizon, you want to share with uh, the rest of the explorers, by all means, send those in to us. I personally ran into a couple really interesting things that are coming up soon that I thought would be good to share. One is the this this sport that I'm really interested in and both of these, for if if there's anybody that's involved with these, I would really love to have you come on the show or or send in some uh, some information. Uh, but there's this uh, sport called a blow cart, which is also it's called like land sailing, and I've also heard it called uh, dirt boat uh, uh, dirt boating, and uh, it's it's really cool. It's this car that. Uh, sort of a, a wheeled contraption that is connected to a sail, and he just goes streaking across the across the dirt in this in this uh, contraption, uh, like a sailboat. Except it's like a sailboat on wheels, and it just looks like a blast to be able to do that. So I definitely want to try it, or or at least talk to somebody that's that's been involved with it. And they have an event coming up in March. It's called the America's Cup uh, Land Sailing uh, Event, and it's over in Prim, Nevada area. And their website says that there will be several days of exciting racing and a great time to meet land sailors and see dirt boats from all over the U.S. So they have a website. It's NALSA.org slash events. And, of course, you could go there and get some more information. I'll post that link on the show notes as well. So, seems pretty cool if anybody's involved with that. By all means, get in touch. <laughs> then there's also the Iditarod and some of you have probably heard of this before, but it's it's become pretty popular, but it's still one of those sports that is uh not really doesn't really receive a, a whole lot of attention, but it's, it's such an exciting event this dog sledding race across Alaska it's something like 400 miles they've been doing it since the 70s I think is when they first started it so it's it's been several decades of a running now where they've been racing these this two-week race and encountering blizzard conditions oftentimes and just just this 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 fight of a race it just looks so exciting and so cool. And the people that are able to endure this and train their dogs and and develop a team like that, a team of animals to to go and do this race, it just fascinates me. So if anybody's going up there and is going to be at the event or uh, if anybody goes and comes back and wants to tell their story, we would love to hear about that. But that's uh, starting on March 7th of 2015. So... Uh, that that looks pretty pretty cool too. And and by the way, I think I forgot to mention that that uh, land sailing cup is uh, the 21st through the 28th of March. So both of those are happening in March. Pretty cool events. And again, if you have any events that you would like to share with our audience, with the rest of the Explorers, send them in. Just send them to podcastuncharted.net, or you can leave that Skype uh, voicemail at uncharted podcast uh, as a voicemail on on our account. And next up is the Explorer Voice section. And this is the section of the podcast where I just want to take a quick minute or so and share with you an adventure or discovery that one of the Explorers has made that really catches our eye on the Uncharted website. So sort of highlighting one of these really great uh, features, uh, photo sets or stories that one of the Explorers shares. And this week I was just going through looking for something that, Caught my eye, and I saw Zila Shay's photo set on Stevens Pass. And this place just looks so fantastic. If you go to the uh, C portion of the website and people, you can see Zila Shay's profile there. And you go to one of her photo albums called Stevens Pass. And these photos are just so cool. There's these uh, really tall, skinny, but yet very tall trees uh, pine trees with snow all over them, and some photos of of, uh, snowshoeing up there in that pass and it just looks like a great place to discover. And if I'm not mistaken, I think there's a ski area up there as well. So, uh, th- just a shout out to Zila Shea for th- sharing those. And, you know, hopefully someday we can bring her and some other explorers on the show and talk about some of uh, those discoveries that they've been making in more detail. Uh, this being already a little bit of a long podcast with the introduction that we had to make and, uh, also talking to Alan, we're going to, uh, wait till the next time to bring somebody on. But thanks again, uh, Zila and for all of the explorers out there who have been sharing so much of what they've been discovering on the Uncharted website, and we look forward to seeing more of that as we go forward. And to wrap up the show, we'll just talk a little bit about some Uncharted news going on. First of all, the website at Uncharted.net is a work in progress. We decided to... Simply build it as we go instead of having it completely perfected uh, before we got any input. We want to get solicit input from all of you listening, all of the explorers out there, people we know. So we are working on it, fixing bugs, adding features as we go. So any suggestions you have for improvement and uh, not just improvement but also new features that you might like to see that you think that would be helpful to you, any ideas that you have that you think might help you explore the Uncharted more easily, please go ahead and send them in. And, of course, we're very interested. I, I would love to hear from you as far as any suggestions, tips you have, uh, content, things you want to share like the sounds we talked about, Uh, with your recordings, if you have anything, you can send those all to podcast at uncharted.net or you can connect with us at the Skype account of uncharted.podcast and I will be sure to check on that from time to time and make sure if you have anything that you want to share with the rest of the audience that we get that out there as, as much as we can. So, and we can also, uh, you can also go ahead and connect with us. Not On the website itself, you can set up Explore profile, start connecting with other Explorers. And we have some social media, too, out there. We're on Twitter at underscore uncharted. And if you look at Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash explore uncharted. So you can go ahead and connect with us there at both of those places as well. But that's it as far as time goes for this episode. Really want to thank you for listening and hope you can keep listening as we go forward. We do have some great episodes already in the works, and so keep listening. And most importantly, take that good advice from Alan to get out of that comfort zone and go explore the uncharted. Enjoy the journey.